Blog Talk Radio. Drive-Through HR Wednesday, not Tuesday, Drive-Through HR Wednesday, and uh, it is November 25th, 2020, Thanksgiving Eve here in the U.S., and uh, I'm Robin Schooling along with my co-host, Michael Vandervoort. Hey, Mike. Hey, Robin. It it is almost Thanksgiving, (laughs) which is really hard to believe. (laughs) So. And I guess we're going to try to give some thanks today, even though this year has been one wild roller coaster ride for sure. So it uh, it has been, and um, you know our um, our kind of uh, Thanksgiving show, our 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 show of thanks, um, is um, yeah, really because I, I I think as we'll discuss today, there are some things to be thankful for. <laughs> Um, as we as we get through this year, and um, we may potentially be taking the month of December off here at the drive-through, so uh, uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens. But um, this may be our show for our final show for a while. So yeah, um, we'll be we'll be covered uh, a bit of, bit of ground. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, I said so. We'll we'll cover a bit of ground here today. Yeah, so we. I looked. So this is episode fifteen hundred and eleven. So we've we've done. Um, I don't know. We did fifteen hundred at right at on October first. So you know we've been doing yep. about a show a week. Some weeks we've done two or three. So on average, though, it comes out to somewhere around a show a week, which is what our schedule was. And I think you know, looking back at back at what we did this year. Um, I, I, it's hard to quantify what this kind of a project, if you will, you know, passion project. It's hard to quantify like what kind of impact you have, but I do right. know that we've had a, a number of folks, you know, reach out behind the scenes and talk to us or ask questions about what we've had talked about. A number of our guests have, you know, kind of picked up, picked up publicity, I guess, from this. And so I, you know, I guess the, our goal is we always talk about a lot, I guess, is to get, you know, just to kind of help the HR profession, share some information, keep us connected. And I feel like this has been a pretty good, year for that given that we're mm-hmm. you know finishing up our our 10th year you know with the with the aligned crew of past show hosts that we've worked with on and off and i'm yep. pretty sure we'll do another bunch of shows next year doesn't seem like we're about to to call call this off although we may try to seek slightly better technical stuff because we do, we have run into some problems with blog talk radio yes. this year <laughs> where, where i'm not thankful <laughs> when guests uh, when guests and I can't connect to each other and you can see each other, but that happens with technology. So overall, I think a pretty good 2020 from the podcast point of view, a little bit left mm-hmm. to be desired from the rest of the world. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, um, yeah. And you know, things are, things are always interesting in the world of HR. And before we, before we kind of dive into 
the the things we're thankful for in the in the world of HR in 2020. Um, I did want to want to kick off with a little discussion about a story that's been in the news this week, um, which could be an entire show episode if we would talk about it. Um, but that is the um, the story, the tale of the young uh, young gentleman from uh, Ohio who was working for Sherwin Williams, and um, he had been, you know, this has kind of been all over the 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 internet this week and lots of activity on, on Twitter and a lot of other channels about him. So he was a um, a student, a senior at Ohio University, excuse me, the Ohio University, um, working part-time at a Sherwin-Williams store. And simultaneously, while he was working there, he developed this, this love for paint and um, created a TikTok channel that had a million, a million plus followers. I'm sure he's grown exponentially this week on that channel. And mm-hmm. um, he was, you know, mixing paint and and kind of doing stories about it and just really kind of exhibiting this passion about about his job and paint and mixing colors and things like that um and he had uh, according to him you know again with any of these sort of employment actions that you read about in the paper everybody needs to remember we're only seeing we're only seeing one side of it right so we're seeing his side of the story we don't know necessarily what spe- real specific employment actions were taken on on behalf of the company but um you know he uh, apparently had this channel he shared it with his store manager and, and another employee there they loved it they said this is great let's get you connected to somebody in the marketing department at corporate um mm-hmm. they connected him he reached out to the marketing department didn't hear anything ultimately heard something some marketing, you know, pencil neck marketing person at corporate told them, yeah, yeah, we're really not interested in that. But then as time went on and this all transpired over a couple of months, apparently somehow um, a customer issue, complaint, point out about this channel reached reached the powers that be at Sherwin-Williams, and they ultimately, according according to the employee, um, ultimately terminated him um, for various rule infractions. And so some of the things that they pointed out were um, you were doing this on company time, which he was and admitted. Um, you were using um, company equipment, which he was and admitted. Um, they initially said, oh, and you're using company other company supplies like the paint. And he said initially, like on the first couple he had, but for the last you know, number of months or years or so, he had been purchasing his own paint to do it with. Um, so they fired him for these rule infractions. And so, you know, social media, um, you know, just lit up with this story and talked about um, how boneheaded it was on the part of Sherwin-Williams. How could they not see that here was this great marketing opportunity and that he um, – you know, brought something in their lap and he was appealing to this wide audience and they really dropped the ball on this. He has since, in the space of a couple of days, he has since been hired, found another job by a a paint company, I can't remember their name now, out of Florida, Um, but all the big boys, all the big paint companies reached out to him and he talked to a lot of them and he's already accepted another job. 
So it's, I think there's a couple of lessons in there I take from it. Yes, um, the uh, powers that be, the marketing powers that be, really let something cool get away from them. Then I put my HR hat on, and I think, you know what? As horrible as it may seem, HR probably made the decision, uh, you know, in accordance with kind of what we should do in HR. Um, was he using company resources? Was he on company time? Um, was he using the equipment? And they have a very spelled out policy about that. Sounds like he was. So mm -hmm. they probably had no recourse other than to terminate his employment if they're going to uphold those policies and if they have done that in the past and they didn't want to treat him any differently. Um, I've worked at organizations where <laughs> at one time I was in um, – that when I was in the hospitality industry, and I remember we had a, a chef who was a cook, uh, not a chef, but one of the one of the cooks who was starting his own business on the side, and he came in after hours, but used the equipment and um, to to make dishes and take pictures of them for his own personal business and he was terminated. So, I don't know. It's kind of like a hard uh, hard situation <laughs> for those HR folks <laughs> to hear that. But Yeah, you know, like I, I can I kind of relate, you know, a big brand worried about, you know, I mean, you know, here's some guy doing stuff on the clock potentially. Yep. He's not got approval. Yeah, it could that could very well go through the HR department and you know, say you've got the you've got the you know, we've got the policies in place, yada yada yada. And and they I don't think they would be wrong. Um what's a right. little bit unique about this and I and I have to admit I was like two hours ago years old when I saw this story when you sent it to me. So I'm not a <laughs> I read the article and and whatever on BuzzFeed, and that's my you know this is I'm basing my comments off that article, but yeah. um, you know this, this is a guy that became an influencer inside an organization, kind of on his own. Um, I, I say influencer. I mean, he's got a million people watching him mix paint, and again, I had no idea that there were painters on TikTok, painters of TikTok. I mean, it's yeah, I follow social media pretty closely, but not every facet, and definitely not the paint mixing uh, under other yep. world. <laughs> but you know he he apparently is pretty successful at what he did. You know he had a million mm -hmm. followers and one of his tick, I mean one point two million and as you said maybe a lot more. So you know part of this could have been like a carefully crafted mastermind who decided to use his um, employer as a platform for a personal career, right? And you know like because yep. now he's going to maybe get paid, have another job, maybe who knows? And, and if he did that, and you know then they. You know that's that's okay, but I think the, uh, the if you go back ten years ago, there were a lot of a lot of big corporations that didn't know or weren't involved in social media very heavily, especially from you know compared to the way they are now with the world of influencers right. and all the platforms. Um, you know, and I I know from talking to some companies, just people at companies, you know, that I've talked about with social media over the years, that like back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Many of the companies that started using social media back then actually got involved because employees inside their inside their company had sort of started doing things, you know, without permission. 
Swipe right. and Twitter accounts and that kind of stuff, you know, and they right. built a, they built an audience, you know, or they, you know, and then the companies went, wait a minute, you know, this is actually a thing. And, you know, they kind of moved in and took it over. And of course, in the process of doing that, and now a decade later, social media has its own sort of, you know, silos and, you know, who owns what and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And probably with good reason, probably with good reason, because it is still, a, it is still a place where a company can get you know, have 10 years of good stuff and one day they lose 10 years of goodwill or whatever because they do yeah. something silly like this, perhaps. I haven't seen a yeah. huge backlash on this, but, um, you know, it just, it, you know, I think they could have, I mean, Sherman Williams could have taken a different tactic here, even if they were concerned about the fact that he was using company property and all that. They could say, well, if you're, you know, look, this isn't something that we could do, but, you know, and I guess in the story I mentioned this guy had put together a pitch deck trying to sell them on, and using it, mm-hmm. so who who knows what came? You know, they they could have taken advantage of it, and you know maybe they maybe they talked about that and let it, you know, made the decision not to do it. But it does seem a right. little a little heavy handed. Um, but I, I mean, I could see it happening very easily. To your point, you know, this mm-hmm. is one of those things where there's a lot of black and white and a little bit of gray, and mm-hmm. you know, it depends on what your values are and protecting your brand and all this because they can't obviously can't have mm-hmm. every employee that works at a company going off on their own and doing this kind of stuff either so anyway yeah, yeah it's a strange case well i think it's um it, it, it's certainly one of those um it's the, the can you do the question to pose you know as an hr person yourself is can we do something versus should we do something you know can right. we have can we terminate this person this employee for what they termed gross misconduct. Um, can we? Yeah, probably, based on what we know of the story. Should we? Um, and then balancing that with the should should we. And, you know, again, we don't mm-hmm. know what, what those internal conversations were. Did they maybe go through the the should we, you know, they're being they're being painted now, sure, <laughs> pun intended. Um, <laughs> they're being painted now externally as this very out-of-touch, you know, sort of traditional organization that didn't mm-hmm. realize how they could take advantage of this. You know, we don't know that. Did they have those internal conversations? You know, maybe. Um, can they? Should they? Obviously, they they weighed in with, um, you know, what they will never know the full story of it, but they weighed in with what they thought made sense, apparently, for their organization. So, yeah, interesting. It's interesting when kind of these little HR things pop up in uh, uh, the top of top of sort of uh, popular news stories. That's for you sure. You know, you, 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 yeah, you you referenced like you know that they had to take this path because that you know they might have comparables in their you know in other terminations or other yeah. or they might have a you know they might have, and, and, you know sort of past practice type stuff and then somehow that would put this. I think this is one of those situations where you could one off it. And by that, I mean, mm-hmm. like, if they ever get another social media guy who has a 1 million followers on his account, mm-hmm. you know, so in other words, they could have said, yeah, we'll work with you, you know, let's let's make this happen. And then somebody else comes mm-hmm. along and says, wait a minute, I got fired for, you know, this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, I think I think it's far enough away from most mainstream HR issues that you could, they did have other moves if they wanted to make them, but apparently right. that, they, you know. Somewhere they made a conscious decision they didn't want to do that, and that's their that's their prerogative for sure. But yeah. I, I remember yeah. once uh, a guy uh, we were end of the year kind of where we are now, and everybody had used up their vacation and everything, and this guy won uh, a trip off 
of a game show at one of the companies I used to work for. I don't remember if it was Wheel of Fortune or whatever. And he needed to use it in a period of time where we were super busy in the year Christmas mm-hmm. rush and so on and so on. Not, not, at, not at my current retail employers like 20 years ago. And we went ahead, came to me and asked me if there was any way he could get a leave or, you know, some vacation. And it, it was unionized place. And I said, you know, kind of the same thing. If I give it, you know, blah, blah. Yep. And then I said, you know what, if it, I'm perfectly happy to grant, uh, you know, an extra week of unpaid leave. The union came to yeah. see me about this. I, gave, I granted the guy's leave. The union came and said, that's not fair. What are you going to tell all the other people who want off at Christmas that they can't work? And I said, anytime anybody wins a, a you know, trip around the world for free and they got to take it, you know, I'll approve those leaves right. every time somebody shows right. up in my office because it's going to be once in a lifetime or, you know, something like that, right? So this is yep. kind, kind of reminds me of that in a way, but yep. anyway, so a lot of talk yep. about a guy yep. who's doing TikTok videos and mixing blueberry paint, so. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Oh, well, you know, it, and it's kind of, uh, it's kind of fun, fun in a way to have that sort of story that we can dive into a little bit because, the rest of 2020 for HR has been, um, you know, uh, consumed with kind of bigger issues uh, than that day to day. And this kind of gets us to our our theme for the show today, which is talking about, um, you know, what should we be thankful to, for um, in HR um, for the year 2020? Because at first at, at first glance, first statement might be not a hell of a lot, right? You know, I mean, what is there to be thankful for? But I think, you know, I think there are some areas where, um, you know, HR, thanks to HR in 2020, and, and I'm going to kick it off with one I, I think about, which is um, as much of a, kind of a, a shit show as stuff as stuff has been for people day to day. Um, I say thanks to HR, and I'm talking collective HR, thanks to collective HR folks for, um, in essence, doing their best work to handle the pandemic in their workplaces. Um, thinking specifically about the need for the longest time was day-to-day, and now we're kind of back to day-to-day, mm-hmm. but handling the daily adjustments and requirements based on either CDC guidelines or local guidelines or shutdowns and um, phases, you know, phase one, two, three, whatever. Um, and HR people, I'm thankful to HR people that have done the work to navigate that in their workplaces. Yeah, because there's... there's... I mean, there's been so many never thought about this before in my life kind of issues. And I think some of them may look more simple when you look back, but you're right. I mean, you know, our, our country shut down right in March and really, you know, didn't reopen it in any way until April. And then since then it's been all over the place. I've, I've traveled for business maybe half a dozen times this year, which is surprisingly mm-hmm. a lot given we're in a pandemic, mm-hmm. but it's just the way things work out. Excuse me. I needed a drink of water. And, um, you know, any, any, any area, like you went, like I flew into North Carolina and when I get to the hotel, the first thing I see is, you know, glass and, you know, we don't, t- we don't take cash money. And, you know, if you want out something, you will clean your mm-hmm. room once a week, if you're staying a long time with us, 
and, you know, you have to, you know, here's a mask, put it on if you didn't have one. But then also, like, so I'm checking in my room, and there's all this stuff that isn't exactly as friendly from a, you know, from a Marriott Courtyard perspective as I remember being platinum there or whatever. You know, I'm, all of a sudden, I'm like, glad you're with us. Don't don't breathe till you leave the lobby. Yep. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm throwing out Marriott. I'm not picking on them. I love them, but I'm just, I stay. I stay but, the, but the other thing is, I said to the, you know, I all, first question I asked now, Besides, is my room ready? Is what are the kind of what are kind of like general ground rules for this area? You know, like, is there a curfew? Yeah. yeah. You know, is, you know, is there a mask? Man? I mean, you know, are restaurants open or? I mean, it's just weird. And you know, some mm-hmm. of these things are huge companies, and then others are small companies, and so the resources. Mm-hmm. But I just know it, it, it. I mean, we're still we're in the next surge, right? And we're still trying to figure out how to respond to that. And Florida's wide open right now. Restaurants in Ohio mm-hmm. are shut down. I mean, it's. Nobody mm-hmm. knows what to do, and I don't know if there's anything that's right, but I do think, to your point, companies did most companies did the best they could, and the HR function inside to respond to this really un you know paralleled yep. uh, opportunity. Uh, and if if you look back and say, well, in March they did this, and now that looks stupid, yeah, that's probably true. But it may have been mm-hmm. based on the best information that they had available. Mm-hmm. At the time, dealing with something we've never mm-hmm. seen before, right? And it's easy to yep. drive 2020, but yeah. So that's a just sorry I editorialized for. <laughs> yeah, no, but you know, I mean, I was thinking about it earlier this week because I I had to pull up the um, the the DOL um, guidelines um, mm-hmm. that, and you know, if you think back, at some ways it seems like yesterday, in some ways it's like years ago, but in April, March, end of March, really, when they kind of came out with sort of the first iterations of um, from the Department of Labor of, you know, here's what this is going to look like, and here, you know, oh, yeah, here's coming the FFCRA and et cetera. Um, and those, those guidelines, those FAQs, that document and the interpretations of mm-hmm. the, uh, the regulations, I mean, it was changing every day. And so there were HR folks that were, I mean, just knee deep in that, con- you know, 24-7 because they were trying to do the best um, by their employees and for the sustainability of the business. And they were, you know, all of a sudden had to become subject matter experts on this changing regulation that was changing daily, daily. Um, mm-hmm. And that was, you know, that was that was HR stepping up to the pot for something they never upped up to the plate for something they never thought they would have to do. And you know, usually in HR, when oh some new regulations coming out, or you know we have uh, advance notice of it, and you know there've been comment periods, and we've sort of immersed ourselves into what what any changes are going to look like, and. You know, this is how we're going to handle it internally, and you know, let's get these forms together, whatever. And this was, man, you got to do it on the fly, almost. Um, and it's out there, and and people, you know, workers, and managers, and whatever, they are hearing this stuff on the news, or reading it on online or whatever, and they they were asking questions of their HR staff before the HR even had a chance to really fully familiarize themselves with what it meant. So yeah. it was, uh, yeah. it's, uh, you know, thank, thanks to the HR folks that, again, that have managed 
through this this challenge and and it's not ending it's you know it's obviously it's ongoing I think we're gonna you know we just went we dialed back yesterday in Louisiana to a modified phase two we were phase three we've uh, you know our phase three we've we've dialed back again a little bit um yesterday um not a lockdown not a only essential workers kind of a thing but um you know just a reminder from our governor of um, you know, in addition to some capacity things and, and closing like some bars and things like that, but he's basically dialed back and said to employers, you know, if you can, if you have brought people back to the office, please reconsider if they can work remotely, having them work remotely. Yeah. Um, no, not require, not going to the full throttle, you know, only essential workers kind of a thing again, but um, let's let's do it. So here we go again. So. Yeah, you know um, something like uh, like in the in the retail industry which I work in, there were a number and restaurants as well a num- number of industries that were staying open because they needed to you know they're needed to help people eat and you right, know, the right. question of whether McDonald's needs to stay open or not may be debatable but the grocery stores and other you know other things many of the retail stores um, you know particularly food. Um, Home, home improvement stuff, and in some cases, like things like Craftworks, you know, things that people yeah. hard to see that cra- Michaels is a an essential, but people do need stuff to do, or else they're going to get, you know, they're going to get in trouble, right? So anyway, that mm-hmm. group of companies collectively across the United States made a bunch of different decisions related to how they would treat their workforce in this. Mm-hmm. Again, I, you know, we're, we've used unprecedented in an unprecedented amount of number <laughs> this year, but, right? So like some companies gave, you know, gave what they called, um, you know, hero pay or hazard yep. pay or pandemic pay. And they just granted, like, whatever you're making now, we're going to give you two bucks an hour more or three bucks an hour for the month of June or, you know, or something like yeah. that. And then in other cases, so that's one way that that was done. And in some cases, they spread it out. A lot of companies created, you know, leave for people, especially those that were positively uh, confirmed positive or had been, you know, t- traced to an exposure, you know, so they did, they did, they created some new, sort of restricted paid leave policies in, in a lot of those same industries. Um, so they made a lot of changes on the fly, like in March and April that weren't in budget and weren't, you know, weren't really, mm-hmm. you know, planned at all. And they did all that work. Mm-hmm. Other companies didn't do the hourly rate. Um, and, and a lot of those companies were unionized and a lot weren't. Other companies chose to give just a series of bonuses. And I'm not sure how mm-hmm. those bonuses, you know, what shape they took, whether they were cash or if they were like uh if they were maybe, uh, you know, gift cards or whatever, but they were, mm-hmm. you know, if there were, and there were some other, and they're still doing that now. What happened though is, you know, that lasted 60, 90, 120 days. And, you know, people started reopening the economy in these different cities and stuff. And so the companies, especially those that had granted the extra money per hour had to peel that back. Um, yeah. And it's kind of like the problem we're going to face now with the PPP unemployment kick. Well, it actually ran out in July, but a lot of people are, you know, they're going to start seeing home home uh, yep. evictions and stuff because people don't have the extra money. You know, so so you know the 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 employees and collectively, if you will, were very happy and thankful for that money when it was you know given to them unexpectedly, but not so happy when they had to had it had it taken away, right? So some companies have had to yeah. you know kind of do another payment or whatever. And again, this is all I mean, it was, this was HR doing good stuff, the employers doing good stuff, but. You know, some of it was done so much on the fly that they didn't really think about the long-term 
consequences, or if they did, they just decided it, that the issue at hand was far more serious and they would take that pain, whatever it turned out to be later on, you know? Yeah. But it's like, if you look back now, it's really easy to second guess. We should have never given them that money or yada, yada. And the employees probably most are pretty okay with it and understand it, but there's always a faction that won't. They'll feel as if they got screwed and, you know, the, the right. disen- disenfranchised or disgruntled 10%. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, there, you know, there, I, surprisingly, and maybe I just, you know, there's so much bad news all the time. Maybe I didn't, maybe I hadn't heard them, but there were far less horror stories. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't crack the media. It seems to me there are far less horror stories than I might have expected. Does that, does that make sense? I haven't really thought about that mm-hmm. now. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how to quantify that. I think you're right. And, and, um, I don't know. It's almost like for all the all the everything going on this year, um, and the divisiveness. <laughs> you know, we got the pandemic. We've got you know racial justice and equality issues exploding across the country. Mm-hmm. We have this very divisive election. For all of that, um, there. There is this sense to me, it's, you know, we've, we've, we're like getting, there is this, still this little piece of we're getting through this catastrophe together. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe, yeah, there's the per- rando over here yelling at somebody because they're, you know, don't want to wear a mask or whatever. But there's, there is still this sort of, you know, maybe we are all in this together. I don't know. Maybe I'm being Pollyanna-ish, but, you know, no, I think there's, I, I mean, there's yeah. you know, let's let's just get through this. You know, I'm, I'm going to trudge off to work and confine myself to my home and maybe go out for a walk and sit on a patio somewhere. But, you know, by God, we're going to get through this together. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I guess what I'm thinking of is like, you know, you, you I, I do think there's a certain amount of that. And, of course, the mask, the question of masks is, you know, it's so politicized that there's no right answer and how you enforce and who enforces it. And, you know, do you put, do employees put themselves in potential danger by trying to get a customer not to wear, you know, who refuses? I mean, it's, there are some real practical real world things there that make those theoretical, everybody should wear a mask rule mm-hmm. a little, a little difficult, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. cause you don't, it's not, you don't control everybody. And frankly, you can't, yeah. which sounds like a cop-out, but it's not. It's just, I mean, you know, if you call the police in some jurisdictions, they're like, this is ludicrous. We don't have the resources. It, or even some of, in some cases, the sheriff or the, you know, the chief of police is saying, we're not going to enforce that ordinance, even though the mayor put it out. Because they know they can't. Yeah. all they would be doing all day long, right? So, again, yeah. you know, things sound good sometimes. They're harder to implement on the ground. And I think that's been a huge challenge. I guess, I, you know, I mean, and I, I think I'm, I'm probably minimizing a lot of bad news because, like, I, when I said that, it's not like it's all been roses. Uh, certainly healthcare people have, you know, had tons. I mean, the cost in, in their mental health and, and, and the same thing mm-hmm. with, you know, the other essential employees and first responders and all of that. I'm sure there are plenty of horror stories. I guess I was thinking kind of lawyer, big HR story kind of state of mind. You know, I've seen fewer of those. I don't I, – I, yeah. I, I really don't want to minimize what other folks are saying. You know, we haven't seen somebody where they were like, if you don't, you know, if you wear a mask, we'll fire you or something, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's probably, right. uh, yeah. maybe I just haven't heard. Yeah. Of, I don't know. Anyway, 
but I'm with you a little bit on the whole thing that we're, we are trying to get through it together in a, in a lot of ways as best we can. I think on a yeah. small personal level, um, that applies. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, the election for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cause I think, I think Biden's won for like the fifth time, but I'm not real sure because there seems to be another unfolding set of lawsuits <laughs> and other, other things. So do you feel, I, uh, I, 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 I mean, I want it to be over, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I, it, you know, sometimes I feel hopeful and then I look at, you know, and there's all, there's Rudy Giuliani, you know, out at some place. And um, I, I was mentioning Gettysburg earlier that, you know, somebody, mm-hmm. <laughs> somebody said that talk about died on the battlefield, D-Y-E-D with, with Giuliani. And so uh, if you look at election Twitter, it's pretty hysterical right now, but um, it's really not funny. It's a bit nerve wracking, not knowing who our president really is mm-hmm. and how far the guy that is the president will go to hold on to power. I mean, it's very, mm-hmm. it's very weird to be an American citizen worried about this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. From either side, I would guess. It's I'm uh, I am yeah I, I'm anxious I would say because yep. yes thank goodness the election is over um, you know I'm using air quotes with that we still have the mm-hmm. Senate election to go through in Georgia um, you know yes mm-hmm. there's some dates yet of getting things certified and whatever um, I, I, I just want it to be January 20th so at noon and and. Mm-hmm. It, and we move on. Um, I think it's, um, I think just as um, citizens and or, uh, you know, politicians and, and whatnot are waiting to see, well, what's going to happen? Um, the rest of us need to transition too, you know, and we need to transition based on the actions of not just the incoming administration, but yeah, the outgoing administration. What are they going to do yet? Um they are uh, i was just reading something this morning of the a number of actions um that they are trying to and and most administrations do this this is not just the current one um things that have kind of been sitting being approved or sitting on a desk somewhere they're trying to push them through mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. whether that be through you know comment periods are done so let's get it enacted um or executive order and so it's just this waiting game of what's going to happen. And we really kind of don't know. And, and from the HR standpoint, you know, one of, you know, there, there are things, we know there's going to be a change um, within administration, um, you know, and, and we've talked about this before. I really have no use for SHRM anymore, but they still are out there as kind of the professional organization. Um, you know, SHRM is already starting to talk about, well, we anticipate you know, that Biden administration will bring forth again, in particular the Paycheck Fairness Act was was a piece of legislation they were talking about, and Sherman's already come out and said, we're opposing it. We will oppose that when they do it. So there are things kind of from the workplace standpoint and the HR standpoint that, um, you know, it would be interesting, to, to say the least. Yeah, and, and there are plenty of other, I mean, Certainly, from a Sherm perspective, I mean, I was on a national expertise panel for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And I, I too have my sort of, you know, burr under my saddle with Sherm, but you know, a little less than yours, but still, you know. And during that time, you know, uh, we interacted a great deal with the government affairs, government relations folks, right? Uh, Mike Aiken at the time and his staff. He's Mike's still there, but he's in a different. Uh, and they, they opposed a number. They've, 
I guess the point I'm making is whether they oppose the the, the fair play uh, bill or sorry Paycheck Fairness Act. I can't say it apparently. If they oppose that, that's not like so unprecedented from other things that they've done. No. They you know they take no, a they take all. a look at you know so they, and like they've made a real hard push to try to get uh, leave paid leave approved and maybe not in exactly the right form or whatever. But and they've been so they they do both right. I think I think seeing that from Sherm isn't a shock. I did see uh, yeah. a while back a posting about presumed president-elect, and then there was a big yep. Sherm Twitter outrage thing, and they dropped the, the presumed. And I posted on my own Facebook page about whether that was correct or incorrect, just you know, kind of get, trying to get a sense of what people were thinking. And the 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 consensus on Facebook really really you know a, a good source for. Uh, research material and polling that, you know, a lot of people said, yes, you know, as editorially, it, that's probably the right way to do it. Is it, does, does it look nice? No. You know, so I, I think there's a lot of things like that right now that really aren't that important that we, we get hot button fields, you know, we get up all up in our fields about it, you know? And yeah. so I've been trying to stay away from that, but I can't stop looking every 45 minutes or so to see what, crazy tweets have come out of the White House and that kind of stuff. And I guess I'm just going to have to, I, I'll either die before January 20th or I'll have to last that long as a, as a, in some crazy, crazy, crazy state because I just can't stop looking at it. So Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's, we are still in this, um, in this high, yeah, fast moving, high impact, reactionary mode that we've been for the last four years where you know we had gone from i i could go weeks without thinking or wondering i wonder what the president of the united states is doing today and we moved into this reality where it was like every day there was there were multiple things going on and you know i i just look forward to getting back to a i don't really want to think about it as much as i've had to think about it the last four years Kind of my yeah. Well, and I think that for. when uh, when Joe Biden gave his you know sort of um, victory speech, you know it sounded like a presidential speech. It, it you know it, I was like I had a moment where I felt safe and protected. <laughs> so, yes, I don't know if that yes. was exactly right, but I felt I was like, no, that's that's you know that's how our president should conduct himself. Um, you yes. know, and I know that half the country would tell me, no way, we want the the hard riding, you know, slapping guy that lives in the White House now. And I just, I don't get it. But, you know, that's yeah. that, it, as many agree with me and you as, as don't. We're pretty split halfway. So I've mm-hmm. given up trying to change anybody's mind. I just know what my feelings were. And I was happy to hear some calm, uh, relevant conversation about what we're going to do to make something better, um, you know, in the world, as opposed to these losers and all the other crazy things we've heard over the last four years. So yeah. I'm done with Agreed. that conversation now. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's wrap up our, uh, our show of thanks um, with, with a little personal reflection. Um, so let me ask you first, because we've kind of talked about the profession and the country and whatnot yeah. in terms of being thankful, being thankful for. So let me ask you this. What are you here sitting at Thanksgiving on 2020, thankful for? Surprisingly a lot um, when you kind of, you know, look at just your own life in general. Um, Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the year, you know, I changed jobs. I left Q and came back to Publix. I moved back to Florida where I, you know, realized that's Mm -hmm. where I wanted to be. 
I accomplished that. I've been in Florida almost 10 months. It seems like 10 years. <laughs> but, but I'm in Florida. I'm in a job I love. Uh, you know, I'm healthy. My family has been healthy, so cross, crossing fingers there. I have my dog, Sugar, also known on Facebook as the office intern, full-time yep. now, which is sometimes a pain. But, you know, you, you have several dogs, so it's great to have them around, you know. So little things like that, I guess, you know, certainly the – I've only been to the beach once, um, no, hmm. twice in a year, which I had had higher hopes. But you know, with with the way things have gone, it it hasn't gone exactly as I envisioned it. But it's it'll it'll come. So yeah, I'm thankful for mm-hmm. all that, and and also you know the my extended network HR, you know you and everybody else just you know has it, it, you you guys have helped me, and I think we've helped others to kind of hang together here through the blog and other, mm-hmm. or the podcast in other ways. So I'm done. That's my thanks. Yep. Yep. Well, How about you? Yeah, I think um, in many ways some some similar things. I I am thankful, um, you know that 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 I'm healthy. My family is healthy. Um, that we've you know had sustainable jobs and employment. I'm, again, just like you, you know, I'm, I'm I'm lucky. I work with a great group of people and a and a job I, I I love and a company I adore. Um, I'm thankful to people in my community, my local community, um, mm-hmm. who have taken care of each other. Um, and you know, any of the little things I've been able to do to help that, um, I'm thankful for. Um, I'm thankful for the time. As much as it's been driven, has driven me crazy. I cannot wait to get on a plane and go to a conference and hang with, you know, 2,000 of my closest friends again. I miss crowds and noise yep. and music and lights. But I'm also thankful for um, the opportunity, the necessity of slowing down, which also presented an opportunity to just sort of hunker hunker home and understand what home means and things like that. So um, I can't wait to leave this, you know, I've done one trip mm-hmm. this year out of mm-hmm. state, but I I I look forward to going back to that. But I'm also thankful to have been sort of centered at home um, as well. Sure, and I'm I'm with you there too. If that that's one thing that I really miss is you know conferences and the experience and the ability to see people that we know learn and grow. You can't replace that with mm-hmm. calls. Over over no. time, I mean, it's it it works for a while, but you can't do it over time. So that's a, yep. that's a loss that I hope will get fixed maybe after we have this vaccine, and we'll see. But yep. uh, anyway, um, yeah. So that that's my Thanksgiving. I hope everybody that listens to the show, you don't shouldn't do it on Thanksgiving Day unless you're really bored. But if if you listen to the show, we appreciate those who drop in and and listen to us and you know, share info with us and all those kind of things. And so thanks to all of our guests this year and um, all of our mm-hmm. listeners as well. Agree. Couldn't say it any better. Um, everybody have a wonderful Thanksgiving um, or hope you had one because you're probably listening to this after Thanksgiving Day. After and Thanksgiving. Uh, thank you, Mike, for being my co-host. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <Thanks>. exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Um Thanks from uh, Drive Through HR for a great 2020, and uh, we'll be back on the air soon. Talk to Bye, you everybody. Soon, Robin, happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Yep.